It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Here's Pollock over for Pelling. He winds and shoots it. Oh, he scores! Islanders country, hello. This is PTIL's The Feast and Famine Edition. Alongside No Fogelman, I'm Oz Boggs, Joe Bono. A reminder, you can listen to this show and all Lighthouse Hockey podcasts on iTunes. Please rate and review or find us on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or over at LighthouseHockey.com. Lighthouse Hockey, your SB Nation home for your New York Islanders coverage. No, uh, so far, some good, some bad, and, and some really ugly hockey. Uh, but the Islanders behind two Semyon Varlamov shutouts uh, find themselves 2-1 and one after three games. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like, a lot not to like, and some, you know, pretty good. Uh, you know, Varlamov, I mean, the first Islander uh, goalie to have, you know, shutouts in the first, you know, uh, two games to start the season. He looks great. Um but I, you know what? I just want to go right to what really bugged me the first three games. It's really inexcusable what Cal Clarkbuck <laughs> did in warmups. I mean, you don't shoot higher on your goalie. I, I'm sorry. Is it that inexcusable? Yes, it that, is. That good? His wrister is that accurate that that uh, you just don't shoot high. You just you don't shoot above the the pads. Is that kind of the uh, unspoken rule in hockey? Exactly. That I've never heard of prior to this happening. Pretty much. I mean, it's it's like you, you shoot at the glove, you shoot at the blocker, and then that's that's about it. I mean, you kind of half-ass it in warmups. I mean, come on, really? You, you don't take out your your quarterback in warmups, right? You don't. That's why they wear different colored jerseys in practice, right? I mean, it's just, it was 
it's inexcusable and to throw you know poor uh Ilya Sorokin out there like that who a never played a game in North America before that didn't have any you know training you know exhibition games to just lay that egg the whole team you know collectively I mean and you're not going to judge obviously his whole Islander or you know NHL professional career on that one game, but it really wasn't fair for him to get kind of hung out to dry. And even Barry Trot said that in the post game comment as well. Yeah, the team was junk in front of him. He gave up a couple of bad goals. Yeah, um, I think the first one was a bad goal. The other it one was. later on, he was way back in the net. So yeah. at least two of the goals are, are ones you would expect an right. NHL goaltender to stop. And uh, listen, this goes a couple different ways. Sometimes you hear about in sports, oh, the coach didn't let let them know uh, they were starting until the, you know twenty minutes before the game, and that way they didn't have an opportunity to get nervous. Yeah. Um, and, and this in this way, you know, put them in a tough spot. Didn't work out. You know, he finds out twenty minutes or so before the game, after the uh, Varlamov has to leave after the uh, Clutterbuck shot hits him up high. And, um, you know, the Rangers score, you know, the Rangers were going to come back very hungry, very motivated after getting uh, trounced by the Islanders for nothing in the, in the opening game of the season. And, uh, you know, you just burned that game. You you felt, you know, in that first period, you felt uh, this is not going to be a good night for the Islanders and, uh, and, and you burn it. I didn't expect them maybe to get shut out five, nothing after winning four, nothing the previous day, you know, it's amazing how quickly the narratives can change. They win for nothing, and you're like, wow, this Islander team came prepared. Right. Uh, they're showing their veteran prowess. They, you know, they've played in this environment in the bubble. They've carried that right over. This Ranger team, young team, inexperienced, uh, not ready to play. And then, you know, a couple of days later, then they blow the doors off the Islanders, and, and that whole narrative is gone. So things are good. <laughs> things move, uh, move really quickly. Um, but, um, on Sorokin, you know, for the for the hype, <laughs> it was as bad as it ever gets. Yeah. I try to think of a more hyped debut in sports that I can remember <laughs> where it went this south this quickly. Now, the great thing is he'll probably get another opportunity real soon. Honor's got some uh, back-to-backs coming up with the Flyers. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, m- no matter what Varlamov is doing in the next couple of games, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Uh, suit up for one of those and have plenty of notice to do so and and i'm sure we'll have a better outcome because there really is nowhere else to go but but up after that yeah you're absolutely right joe and like you nailed it i think that's going to be his next opportunity is one of those flyer games because the way the schedule kind of breaks out they play i think two games in the next week and then it's like every other day up until that flyers game so we'll probably see and, and why even you know put him in you know barley's been phenomenal uh, he really didn't get tested too much uh, in the opener against the Rangers. He made some really good saves yesterday against the Bruins. And, I mean, it, it's the figures. They finally beat the, the Bruins in a home game, and there's no fans in there. The fans actually see it. So, But the two points – It was count, national and, televised. It was nationally yeah. televised, though. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which is great. I mean, because usually it's, you know, we'll see a lot of uh, Islander, you know, Sabre games on uh, – national tv this year but it's good to see you know well they got beautiful jerseys you know that's going to be lovely to lovely to watch the saber jerseys um you know and the bruins game yesterday you know it was a bit of a snoozer to me i mean uh, (laughs) to be honest with you you know uh you know the islanders obviously did not have a great first period so now you're looking at you know four consecutive periods where they've been rather listless um 
you know, Krejci hits the post early on. You, you kind of avoid that early goal that could have really maybe turned the game in a completely different direction long-term. Second period, they were better, had some opportunities. Bovillier on the breakaway. Yeah. That line, by the way, needs to wake up, right? The, the okay. Bovillier, Bailey, Nelson line, Nelson. pretty much nothing from them from the first three games. And then it became the, you know, JG Pajot show, the Paz show um, yeah. in there in the late half of the third period. And, um, you know, he's the type of player that when acquired, you know, you right away, you look at the contract and you go, this guy's having a career year offensively, but he's going to worth that contract. And all you read about him was intangibles, watch him every night and you'll start to appreciate all the things he does. And we saw that, of course, over the summer during the playoff run. And then third period yesterday was a perfect example. Scores the goal. Some called it a swinging bunt. Some Mm -hmm. called it a swing whatever you want to call it i called it a ping pong whatever a ping pong would be that he used that form when he was the champion in the lobby of the uh, hotel room carry that over and uh, batted that into the air um, for the goal and then had some big face-off wins uh, towards the end of that period barry trotz even playing him on the fourth line with clutterbuck and sezikis and matt martin missing a couple shifts um so you can see how really how flexible uh, he can be and how, how great of an option he is in all different situations uh, for Barry Trotz and why he was worth that long-term contract. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I wonder if they'd even give him a chance moving him up into the top six occasionally. If you see, you know, Brock Nelson kind of struggling and kind of, you know, with flopping that, even, you know, if Matt Barzell takes a yet another, you know, careless, you know, penalty, even move him up to, you know, a couple of shifts on, on the first line it's he he was there in, in ottawa and it he he can definitely do it. he's you know scored you know tw- you know 20 plus goals he started his intangibles he sort he's got some uh you know offensive prowess so I, I don't think his spot is permanently on the third line you know i mean there's there's opportunities i think in the top six for him you can see that i mean if they're going to play him you know down on the fourth line occasionally when needed especially when you know the game is going in a certain direction on just protecting a lead again, need big face-offs um, in your own zone late in the third period. But uh, I'd be, I'd be open to that and can certainly use it as a wake up call for that line. If they don't produce, right. you, know, you demote Nelson to uh, another line and, and get Pajot there and shake things up a little bit. I wouldn't put that past uh, Barry Trotz as well. Um, I think we might see some other moves happening up and down the lineup in the next couple of days. Um, we just, before we, started recording saw that bellows went to the taxi squad yeah. um so that could mean that uh either dal cole or wallstrom or uh someone else is going to be in the lineup the next game and you know that comes after barry trotz has had some really nice words of praise for for bellows's games pretty much said i have no he said i have no issues with his game he feels very comfortable with it right now which means he's playing good solid two-way hockey in the limited minutes that he's playing and uh, it'll be Everyone wants to see Wallstrom. Um, You know, we got the taste, the, the, you know, eight, nine games that he played a year ago. um, And you saw flashes of some of that offensive talent, but what's going to be really tough, I think, is that he's likely going to play, you know, seven to 10 minutes. And in that seven to 10 minutes, he's got to make an impact, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're not going to trust him out there for 15, 18 minutes a, a game right now. Right. And you can't have like three of your forwards. You can't have Ross Johnston. You can't have, if it's going to be um, Wallstrom and Bellows playing these six to seven minutes a game. 
because it's, it's going to be taxing on, on those other guys, the Sadiqas and the Clutterbucks and maybe even the top six to play those extra shifts. You're going to have to, you know, trust some of these guys. I mean, if Michael Del Cole does, if he's in, in fact the guy who comes back on uh, Thursday, Barry trusts him a little more. So you might see 10 to 11 you know, minutes out of him. I mean, he's become a pretty defendable defensive player, which is not what they drafted him for. You know, they wanted him to, you know, put up the, the points and, and the goals, which he kind of did towards the end of his AHL career. But he, he's become a reliable defensive player, which is something that no one saw coming. Yeah, that's very true. And we've seen that happen before. That can certainly see players develop and, you know, they're advertised as one way when they're drafted and, you know, their career takes a bit of a switch and they have to actually make changes to, to stay relevant and become an NHL quality player. And sometimes it takes fans a while to recognize, hey, this guy, we drafted him fifth overall, we drafted him ninth overall, and he's not a superstar type player, but he's very good, Josh Bailey, uh, for instance. <laughs> you know, um, I think he's forever marred just by the idea that the Islanders traded down uh, for him and ended up, ended up selecting him there. And for how long, especially when it was 18, 19, 20, 21, that was the that was the standard that he was uh, up against whenever uh, kind of looking at his stats and comparing it to where he was drafted. Um, but, uh, you know, otherwise, you know, looking at the Islanders over a course of the last three games, uh, Noah Dobson, you know, much like the team, some good, some bad, some ugly, uh, looked really bad on that one play uh, that led to the first goal uh, against the Rangers in the second game of the season. The power play obviously has been more of the same. Um and, you know, can't blame Scott Gomez anymore on the power play. Uh, we've been through uh, <laughs> many, many coaches at this point, and some of the same issues remain there. I don't know, mindset-wise, get more aggressive on the power play. They seem a little little passive and, and kind of looking for the perfect opportunity. But, you know, if they're not going to be generating five-on-five five chances uh, or a lot of five-on-five five chances – power play is going to be so big for them. And they just, they just can't, they don't have to be the best power play in the league. They just can't be, they just can't be yeah. awful. Yeah. That's all we're asking for. Don't be awful. Yeah. I mean, just be, you know, if, if you can be 17th ranked power play, you're going to make the, play. Oh, I would love seven. Sign me up for 17th. Ranked. Yeah. You know, like that. <laughs> I mean, who's, who's providing the offense on, on this power play right now? You, you know, we all love Ryan Pulak's shot, but how often does he even, you know, shoot it now? And you might get a little bit of Bavillier, you know, circling, you know, in, in the circle. But th- that's about it. I mean, you're not getting anything from Lee anymore, which is unfortunate. His big body. And you saw his big body in front in the Ranger, in the first Ranger game. You need more of that from him. You talk about Brock Nelson, who has been un- invisible, which, is, you know, I-, I hate to say it because the last couple of years under Barry Trotz, he wasn't invisible. But let's, you know, that whole line is Jordan Eberle. What's what's going on with him? But it's like you mentioned, it's a power play because if it's not five on five, you're going to get the scoring from the power play. And if you're not getting it from them, where else are you going to get it? And the thing is, too, is that the Islanders, you know, the magic number is three goals. And, yeah. uh, you know, they were able to win a game one nothing on Monday night. And that's great. And it's a game you probably felt like they were going to lose to a team they always seem to lose to, especially when playing at home. Uh, didn't happen. They got the late goal. They get the win. Varlamov has been outstanding. But, um, 
you know, they could play a lot of three, two games and a lot of two, one games, and they're built to win those games. So, you know, four or five goals from the Islanders from three seasons ago, you know, Tavares's last year where they were a really exciting team and lost seven to six exactly. and six to five <laughs> night after night. That's not, what, that's not what fans are asking for, but just enough consistent offensive. And the thing is they have it in them because when we saw what we saw in the postseason was not a team that was on their heels and getting outplayed and losing zone time. And, you know, the ice was tilted, but they were kind of on the, you know, counter punching type of style that we heard a lot in Barry Trotz's first year, where like the Islanders didn't have a lot of chances, but they always capitalized on the ones they had. There were times that they dominated like the Capitals, they dominated the Flyers or even the Lightning at times. Yeah. And, and, and so they have it when they get going and they get skating, they can create a lot of chances. Why it ends up kind of coming and going as much as it does. Um, I guess that's what we've come accustomed to, but they play enough defensive hockey. Their goaltending has been good enough to where they're staying in games. And, you know, like they did on Monday, have an opportunity to win a one nothing game like that. Yeah. The one thing that's going to worry me though, is defense. I mean, We'll watch, you know, Noah Dobson mature into hopefully a, a very good defenseman. But they're playing with six defensemen this year, unless someone gets hurt. I don't see anybody coming out. Obviously, there, there's no faith in Sebastian Ajo. You know, it's, it's unfortunate. And Thomas Hickey hasn't played an NHL game. It's what, we're almost going on two calendar years now. Uh, you know, Andy Green's not getting mm-hmm. younger. He's, he's been playing very well. Nick Letty's been their best defenseman so far this year. He's been fantastic. Uh, this is Nick Letty. We saw three Barry. He's carried that over. I mean, they love the way he played. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, they love the way he played during the summertime. He's just carried that right over. He's been outstanding. Yeah, exactly. And you know, everyone obviously on, on Saturday was like, oh, we need, you know, Devontae's back. Devontae's. Devontae's is not Nick Lidstrom. You know, he's not, you know, Drew Doughty. He was a good defenseman that unfortunately it became a salary cap issue. Uh, People already have a short memory about his time in, in the bubble. He struggled. I mean, no one wanted to see him go, but they had Noah Dobson to replace him. Problem is, no one is replacing Noah Dobson right now. That's the problem. So they need to be you know healthy throughout this year because it's been you know, issues. On the taste thing, though, I mean, you see a guy playing top pair with one of the better young defensemen in the league. And you know he's gonna he's gonna play well, and he's gonna score some goals, and he's gonna create a lot a lot of opportunities. He's gonna be an exciting player for Colorado. And you, again, they did did what they had to do to free up cap space, but it was a little bit of the Islanders. It was a self inflicted wound, of course, to some extent that they had in a position where they needed to trade a top four defenseman for two second round picks. Um, and you would feel a lot better about their defense core right now if he was there. Because, again, the depth thing has to be scary. Because yeah. we see, I mean, Adam Pelic, Pelic has been great, but he hasn't been healthy most of his Islander career. He's had a couple of freak injuries, but you know, one significant injury where someone's going to be out six to eight weeks where you're going to force into action Aho and Hickey, and that will have a trickle-down impact. So when the strength of your team is tested and you put people in roles in areas that they're not accustomed to. If that part of your, your strategy is how you win games bends, it becomes more difficult. So only 53 more of these to go mm-hmm. before the playoffs, but, but it's highly unlikely 
that uh, you're going to go out unscathed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's foolish to think that that's going to happen. But, you know, they do have some young guys in Bridgeport, but none of them are ready. I mean, Grant Hutton, you know, I think could be a couple of games, but they love Samuel Boduk, who had a great camp, but he's not ready. Bodie Wild, not ready. Mitchell Manisopel, not ready, coming off a, you know, injury, you know, play year last year. None of these guys are ready to fill in. So are you going to throw Thomas Hickey in for a game? Probably not, but he, he might have to. You know, they can't trade him. I mean, you might want to. I mean, you might want to to an extent, right? You're going to have these some of these back-to-back wet. games. Is it better to, you know, rather than wait for an injury to have to start playing someone, is it is it better to kind of, you know, get them into the flow and get them get them iced NHL minutes? Um before that has to happen, uh, I wouldn't be shocked, um, you know, uh, if Barry Trotz were to do that. I think there's some sound rationale behind behind doing that um, and not just waiting for, you know, disaster yeah. to strike. You know, Ryan Pulak takes a puck to the ear the other night and goes yeah. off and you're going, oh, boy. Right. You know, and that's that's the state of the Islanders, you know, depth right now on the blue line. And, uh, you know, Johnny Boychuk has much, you know, Salary cap wise, having him, you know, quote, retire is, is beneficial to the team. Um, in some ways, you much rather him be available uh, to be on this team on the blue line than, you know, being, you know, up in the, the box at a socially distant uh, amount from Lou Lamarillo, you know, learning, you know, I called it, I think his brother put on Twitter, you know, name that movie with the two yeah. of them. And I called it the internship. Right. Right. It seems like he's certainly being groomed for some type of a role, whether it's player development or, or something else down the road. Maybe he can become the next Eric Cairns exactly. <laughs> of scouting or something. But, uh, you know, again, we're, we're holding our breath all year long to make sure that this defense group uh, does stay healthy. And uh, it's just numbers wise unlikely uh, that there won't be someone uh, pressed into the lineup due to injury. Yeah, I mean, look at Adam Pelk's injury. Uh, the Phillies one, he suffered during warm-ups. That, that, that could totally happen, you know? So let's just hope that they And not that. on the ice in warm-ups. Yeah. Off the ice on war- yeah. warm-ups with a hacky sack. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Freak things could happen, too, not just on the ice. Um, you know, just one moment. We mentioned Lou Lamarillo. And I just want to say, um, I don't know if Lou knows how to text but I'm glad my GM doesn't know how to text uh, after uh, today's news uh, with the, uh, with my baseball team. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm, I'm a Yankee fan, but I'm not going to kind of pile on the Mets, but I'll, I'll say one thing. What I guess the span of two seasons, they had a manager who never managed a game for them and they had a GM who didn't make it to the season. It's incredible. And, and the GM didn't even make it as long as uh, Neil Smith, I guess. Right. It was a couple of days short of Neil Smith's tenure as an Islander general manager. Probably, yeah. yeah. Neil did some good things while he was here, though. If you ever go back and look at Neil Smith's uh, run yeah. or sh- stroll as Islanders GM, he made some he made some moves. It wasn't yeah. just like an idle idle right. amount of time. Yeah. He actually had some really impactful moves. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think he was um, there when they drafted Oposo. I think he was the the GM when uh, Oposo drafted. Yeah, but. Jared Porter, I mean, did get you guys uh, Francisco Lindor. So, I mean, you got to give him props for that. (laughs) 
I don't I think Sandy takes credit for that one. But, you know, the reason why I want to talk about Lou for a second is that yeah. events like this, you're not, and we talked about it last week about the four-year deal to Matt Martin. And right. look, at if Matt Martin is already not playing big minutes down the stretch in year one of the four-year yeah. deal and Pajot's out there, you know, you know, Barry Trotz, I'm sure, really likes Matt Martin, but maybe not four years contract Matt Martin that Lou Lamarello gave him. So listen, there are going to be plenty of things that Lou has done and maybe will do in the future that we you know, scratch our heads a little bit at overall. But the the tone that he set, the no excuses, professionalism tone that he exudes and with the franchise, I mean, we give, obviously, I think a lot of the credit, certainly to Barry Trotz, um, just because wherever he's gone, he's won and he's installed structure and accountability and all those things that the team and franchise was missing, you know, but Barry doesn't come unless Lou is there and Barry comes because he knows Lou is going to do what I just said, which is instill a culture, um, no BS culture about winning and teamwork and first class and being a professional and that's been the Islanders organization since he took over. Yeah. And you, you see, you know, whatever your opinion is on what occurred with the Mets and, you know, it's probably 99.9% of one opinion, but the reason why it was so important for them to do what they didn't do it in the manner that they did it is because of that, that issue, right? You can't allow that kind of stuff to seep into your organization, you make you make one excuse for something, right. you make excuses for a lot of other stuff. And whether or not you want to treat things like an isolated incident, they have a trickle down effect, and the way you're perceived, and the way the the players that perceive it, and what they can get away with, and you know that that lose just so rock solid. I, I don't think I even appreciated uh, that as much as I as I do now, three years into his term here as Islanders GM and president. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned trots, I mean, he basically fell into their lap. I mean, that, that was just an act of God right there. How he couldn't get anything done with the capitals, but yeah, I mean, when, when Garth Garth was here, it was like the inmates ran the asylum. He was one of them, you know, um, same thing with Doug Wade. I mean, they, they had a culture that was more of like at a slap shot than an NHL team. Um, you mentioned the Mets, even look at the Jets. I mean, they kind of ha- struggling with the same issues as well. Uh, it seems like they are, you know, turning it around with their, you know, head coach, hopefully, and uh, front office. But Lou, Lou is, you know, in a class among themselves. I mean, he's an old school GM. Like you say, he probably doesn't know how to text. And thankfully he doesn't. But it's night and day from what was here and you know, what is here now. And it just shows you how much respect, you know, he has around the league and now just how the Islanders now are, you know, respected. I mean, people still obviously, you know, pick, you know, never pick them and stuff like that. And the analytics, you know, enemy and whatnot, but they are respected as an organization right now. And that wasn't the case four years ago. Right. And because they're a respected organization, they are, you would think going to be a destination for free agents, 
provided they have money to spend on free agents. But, you know, between the culture that is set in stone, you know, the Hall of Fame coach they have, the Hall of Fame general manager and president, and then couple of that, they, you know, as John Ledecky calls it, a third generation state-of-the-art arena. Uh, they should be a, a desired destination for free agents, provided they can pay them um, for years to come. And that, that'll that be a big, big day. The day that the Islanders land the big free agent fish um, will, will be a, a very interesting feeling for Islander fans. There was a thought that that was going to happen with Panarin. Yeah. And I do, I mean, I wonder what this team would look like with Panarin on it. I did last year throughout and you still look at it, you know, when he scores that breakaway goal the other day, the guy's just a dynamic, outstanding player. And you hate the fact that he's across the way, but there was a reason why he still picked the Rangers over the Islanders. And the day that that ceases will be, will be monumental. Yeah. When a player decides to pick the Islanders over some other choice. Yeah. And it hasn't happened yet. It really hasn't, but. And I don't know when it will because of their cap issues, but hopefully when they see that new arena open and see how, how it is, you know, the opposing teams come in and see, wow, this place is fantastic. It's still Long Island. You know, you're not looking at, you know, the Marriott or anything else like that. You're still close to the city. You're still close to the suburban life. So who knows? But you know, before we get to that part, we still have to deal with this season. 53 more to go, two and one after three games, back-to-back games coming up against the New Jersey Devils Thursday and Saturday. We will take a break. We'll come back. We will have our Isles Buzz segment where we'll talk about some Islander stories off the ice that happened this week. You're listening to PT Isles, part of the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're back, P.T. Isles, Joe Bono, and Noel Fogelman talking New York Islanders hockey. Islanders a one nothing win over the Boston Bruins on Monday evening and now stand at 2-1 after three games. I also have to mention, Noel, that I want to thank the Islanders for getting a little bit blown out on uh, game two against the Rangers because that did allow me to watch a little bit of Cobra Kai that I needed to catch up on. I think you ran through that relatively quickly. If I, if I'm correct, you pretty much breezed through that, uh, that uh, season three. Yeah. I, I finished it. Uh, the day it came out. So it was new year's day. So I, yeah. It was fantastic. Can't you watch all 10 episodes in a day? I mean, that's like 30 minute episodes. So yeah, it was it's like four good. to five hours, I guess. Yeah. The whole family watched it. We, you know, we we're all caught up. It was great. And um, yeah, cause I'm a big part of the And then my, uh, my other podcast, Reliving my youth, I've had a lot of Karate uh, Kid people on. So I had, you know, the actor who played Bobby Brown, who was Pastor Bobby in Cobra Kai. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Tommy, you know, get him a body bag, unfortunately, before he passed away. I had Rob Garrison on my show, and just a lot of other people, which, you know, it's fantastic. I'm still working on getting some people who are in the show now, and I'll uh, 
let everybody know. But the, the show is fantastic. So I just found out a couple things there. And I'm not telling you this because I'm not sure if I can help you with this. But my wife went to high school with a guy who's married to LaRusso's Cobra Kai wife. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. That's my, that's the best connection right. I have to the show at the moment right, right. now. It's my like three separation, my Kevin yeah. Bacon, six degrees of separation. That's my like, you know, on three steps, I can get to LaRusso's wife and then I can get to Machio. So I'm right now. Yeah, I'm connected. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. My, my, my mom um, went to uh, high school with uh, Martin Cole, who played uh, John Kreese. He's, yeah, he's from Bayside. Get out of here. Bayside Queens. Yeah. A couple years apart, but yeah. So, uh, I've been trying to get him, hopefully. Uh, so I'm like six episodes in. They're starting to okay. show the human side of John Kreese. A little yeah. bit of backstory right now without the spoilers. But um, I had I had the game on like the laptop. And then I had like Cobra Kai on the screen. Because I'm really struggling now. I'm in, I'm in one of these scenarios like a lot of married couples. Where we're watching a show together. And our schedules aren't clicking. Yep. Uh, my wife... We're expecting our second second girl uh, come this uh, summer in June. She's you know tired, doesn't have the same energy levels, is going to bed early, and you know classic Cobra Kai binge watching time from like nine nine thirty ten you know ten eleven o'clock. She's asleep, so I had to take advantage of. Yeah. This is a blowout game. She's still awake, right? The two year old's asleep. Let's uh, let's see if we can get a couple episodes of Cobra Kai on. So I want to thank you, uh, Islanders, for getting your doors blown off uh, the other night because it did allow me to finally get the series <laughs> the series started. So I got I got a few more episodes to go. I'm, I'm not sure. No Islander references yet. He did do that in season one. He got he snuck in an Islanders good. reference. Yeah. Um. So far we're not. So he's not at the Kevin Connolly level of you know making sure the Islanders are front and center uh, right. during all episodes of Entourage. Uh, a little bit difficult, I guess, when you're a um, karate car salesman in the valley to sneak yeah. in New York Islanders hockey. But I got three more episodes. We'll see if it, see if he's able to do it. But also, I wanted to talk about um, here in our Isles Buzz segment where we're talking about some things on and off the ice here that caught our eye was see, I had, a, I had a reason to get to Cobra Kai. Right. Is yeah. that the Washington Capitals? Did you catch this? What they're doing uh, as their um, kind of victory rendition is that Peter Laviolette, Laviolette, and again, this kind of twists the knife a little bit more that it's Peter Laviolette that came up with the idea, but he's offering up the defensive and offensive player of the game, and the defensive player of the game gets to wear the Miyagi Do headband, and the offensive player of the game, strike hard, strike first, gets to wear the Cobra Kai, and it it's so great. That I just I I wish the Islanders would have come up with it, or I called on Ralph Macchio to say, no, you got to put a cease and desist out there, and say, no, only my hometown hockey team could do it. Yeah, and, and he actually you know tweeted out. He says, I, I love this, you know, it's fantastic, but you know, still still an Islander fan. You know, it's, it's it's great that you guys did it, but you know, it's not changing my mind who I'm rooting for. Uh, and he, you know, he's an Islander fan, true and true. I mean, it's not like a uh, you know for a show. I, I saw him in a game once in uh, Boston. Uh, I took my son there and he was sitting in the upper deck. He had his Islander MSG hat on. So, you know, it was like a, you know, hardcore fan, not one of those, you know, nice hats you get at the game. It was like a beat up Islanders MSG hat. So uh, he's, you know, he's legit. We actually had him on the Isles Buzz during the 2016 playoffs. 
So this was before, you know, I think Cobra Kai was even, you know, thought of, so to speak. And, you know, he's, uh, he's legit. He, he's an Islander fan, you know, true and true. I got a picture with him, like, in the 2015 season. Right. It was an Islanders-Capitals game. Islanders won the game in overtime. I think they blew a 3 nothing lead and then won it in overtime. And I took a picture with him in the concourse. Right. And um, <laughs> that same year, they had a app. Like It was one of these days where, like, these app things, because kind of, like, within one day, everyone's doing it. And it was kind of like a guess your age filter or something. Okay. They take a photo, you upload it to a site, and it said, guess your age. And it had me and Ralph Macchio side by side and did the guess the age app and it had him as 35 and had me as 36. So I had my age like right. <laughs> pretty much pretty close to what I was and had him at 35 years old. But, you know, uh, he's the karate kid and uh, he does he does he does look good uh, for, for his age still uh, after after all these years. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up with you before we get on to some other ideas around things that happen is the islanders victory song situation yeah so you know yesterday they win the game and you know you hear and i love it it's great yeah. especially people have seen um you know Devin from yes men outfitters there's a video out there that they play they hit the music every time the islanders win and it's a hysterical video and i love it but the Maple Leafs were doing this years ago, and this was their this was their song. Right. We've kind of stole it. I'm I'm in the the camp. I don't care what they play after a, a win, as long as they win. You know, they could they could play a Taylor Swift song. They can play. I don't care what they play. I, I'd rather hear this song thirty times this year because it means that they won a game. I'm like I'm like that. I don't care what uniforms look like as long as they win wearing them. So you know, I know people are like, oh, can they play the sacrifice? Whatever. I'm I'm in the camp where I'm uh, up and I'm up in arms about it. I, I just I like to be original. Right. You know, I I, I it just now it's uh, people have gotten back to me on Twitter. I don't know whether like whether or not they started playing this during the regular season last year. I don't remember them playing it prior to hearing it in Toronto at the bubble when they were playing it pretty much after all games. Yeah. Right. Um, but I guess there's some people that said that they started incorporating it earlier than that. Matt Martin maybe had a had a thing to do with it, but he came over from the Maple Leaf. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not sure. At the end of the day, is it a big deal? Of course not. Yeah. But uh, you know, I like some originality. Right. And uh, but if this is the song that they end up you know winning a Stanley Cup to, I will I will gladly get over it. Yeah. Gladly get over it. And of course it's really from the movie Slapshot. So if right. you're kids out there, if you're of age, um, you can, uh, I was going to say rent that movie. Yeah, go to the video store and uh, get the yeah. VHS and uh, right. <laughs> pop it in. Just make sure and, you're uh, wine. You can, you can hear that on, uh, on the soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. So, Noel, uh, give, us, uh, give us your Isles Buzz kind of story of the week that you'd like to talk about off the ice for the Islanders. Yeah, so this past weekend, you know, the Islanders usually do well with these, you know, uh, fan events. Usually it's at um, Dark Well, but they did one at the, you know, UBS Arena. They were giving a, a bunch of fan giveaways, and my mom texted me, actually. She went, you know, she lives in Bayside, so, you know, Belmont's not too far away from her, maybe 10, 15-minute drive. So she takes a picture of her waiting. She's sparky all the way down. 
you know, at the line, she said she waited for about an hour on the line. She got like four rally towels, got a, a schedule, a car flag. So they, they, they do well by the fans. And you know, I figured they'd get one each, get a, a choice between a towel. But they, they gave her everything. And, I, and the line was pretty long. So I can imagine a lot of fans took advantage of it. And it was a nice day. So you want to go there before, you know, before the game. I'm sure they use those rally towels as crying towels for that, you know, Ranger uh, 5 nothing winner over the Islanders that day. But, um, yeah, the Islanders, Islander organization does well by the fans. They, they, they really do with all these giveaways. Yeah, the Islander organization always feels more like a family. It feels like, yeah. a, like a town, community-type feel, but with a – pro sports team right. and uh i don't know if this type of stuff would work with every franchise in every market but it certainly works with islander fans um i'm not a, i'm not a huge collector of swag anymore like some people just love free stuff of any right. kind you know islander stuff i think it just accumulates and uh and i and i have sentiment has sentimental value so then i can't you know discard it right. like i have the Islanders have not been in the playoffs much during the course of my adulthood, right? 2002 <laughs> yeah. after a seven year, right. You know, seven years. And then, you know, was, you know, they were there again in um, 03, 04, right. Seven. I've gone to games. I've got these rally towels and I kind of all have them in like a trunk of my car. Right. And I can't seem like, I can't throw them out. Like you ever do like your purge, over the course of like the spring cleaning and you're going through stuff and you're like, all right, do I throw this out? And I get to like a, you know, 2014, 15, you know, last year at the Coliseum, the old Coliseum right. rally towel. And I can't, I can't part with it. No, I'm, I'm the same way. I have so many of those towels, uh, so much stuff. Uh, like my son, God bless him. I just give it to him and he just hangs in his room now. Because obviously I can't hang in my room. I'm a you know, 45 year old man. I can't hang that stuff in my room anymore, especially with a wife. But just, you know. <laughs> I'm sure there are some 45 yeah. year old men with rally towels hanging above them that they say goodnight to before they go to sleep. Right. I'm 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 fortunate. She let me hang my Patrick or my Pat Lafontaine autograph picture in in our bedroom. So I, it's a it's a happy mm. compromise. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I like. I like a magnetic schedule. Give me a nice yeah. magnetic schedule, throw out in the fridge. Cause you know what? I'm not going to be upset when I have to throw out the magnetic schedule because the year is over. The schedule has no longer a functional yeah. purpose and I can throw that out and I can get another magnetic right. schedule. That would be some good promotional giveaway type stuff yeah. uh, for me personally. Yeah. yeah that um, being said, is there I one have... promotional? Go ahead. That's right. That being said, I have like five magnetic schedules on my fridge. And they're all like in the last five years, the all for Islanders and all the other, you know, uh, slogans that they, they went with. But but this year they handed out uh, schedules, but they weren't magnetic. So I'll just use the old magnetic schedule to hang the new mag new non-magnetic schedule mm -hmm. on the fridge. So I'll just use those so they'll come in handy. <laughs> I um I have I, I just closed on my house in Connecticut um this past week on the 13th so i got the new house it's got great new got pretty good great new appliances um uh, but i noticed when we went there i had like a there's a small dent in like the upper right hand corner of like this like sub-zero beautiful fridge right and i said i need 
I need a magnetic schedule. I need, I need something to just hide that. So I don't have to see that every day. So um, is there, is there any kind of promotional giveaway that kind of has been your, your favorite? Like, was there, is one that stands out as like, wow, that's a great promotional giveaway. I mean, cause we're old enough to remember bat day. Yeah. Um, but they actually gave you wooden bats. Right. I, <laughs> to sit in the stands with those Yankee ones. Yeah. I mean, the bobbleheads are always fun. Those are always good. I bobbleheads. Really, yeah. I, I loved, I mean, I'll mention his name, but I really like the starting lineup figures when they did the John Tavares starting lineup figure. Yes. Use it. That, that was really mm-hmm. good. Um, but uh, I think it was the last year of the Coliseum, they did the, the lockers with the retired player. You know, the, the, oh, yeah, that's right, with the retired players. 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 Yep. Those were pretty good. But, I mean, some of them, I mean, T-shirts, because eh, you can't judge, you know, sizing every, on, on T-shirts. Usually they just give everybody an extra large one. Everyone's then, an XL. Yeah, everyone's mm-hmm. an XL. And then you give them, a, you know, a daughter at the time, five years old, you're not giving her an XL shirt, so then they're being a sleeve shirt for her. But um, yeah, I mean that's yeah, it's pretty much the figure ones are like my my favorite. What about you? Well, I can go most recently. So you mentioned bobblehead dolls, and uh, my wife is not a big hockey fan. Right. Know, she Mine's puts up with me, too. you know, being a big massive sports fan. She tolerates it pretty much. <laughs> and uh, when the Islanders were in Brooklyn the first couple of years, I had season tickets, living you know close by, four stops away. Prices were right, and I had you know season tickets. And uh, the only game I got her to go to one season was the Ralph Macchio. It all okay. comes back to the Karate Kid, the Ralph Macchio bobblehead. And she had a crush on Daniel Larusso when she was right. younger, so she wanted to go. And we go there, and uh, we got close by. You know, Shannon Hogan was doing an interview with him during the intermission, and we got the bobbleheads. And then he like got whisked away by like you know, Barclay Center security. And it was like, she was chasing the Beatles. Like she was like running after him, trying to get him to stop, you know, for a photo or something for legendary, you know, Instagram, Facebook status did not happen. Um, But that is, uh, that is one of the more memorable. um, That was one of those promotional giveaways where, you know, when you looked on the schedule, we go, I'm going to, I'm going to be at that game. I'm going to be among the first, how many thousand fans to make sure I walk my walk out of that. Um, Walk out with a Machio. Not, not. This isn't a Karate Kid podcast, but one more thing on the Karate Kid. My nanny, for my two-year-old, yeah. she's amazing. We love her. Right. Um, she's in her like late twenties, right? And I keep on talking up the Karate Kid and Corporate Kai, and she will not even give it a chance. Like she won't like put it on. Like her and her boyfriend are not. I'm like every so now it's like a running joke. Yeah. Or I'm like, hey, what'd you do this weekend? And she'll say like she watched some other horrible movie. And I'm like, why not watch the crap? It is exactly. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. Sit down for two hours and watch it. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. You won't be disappointed. No. Yeah. I, uh, I may be. My wife and I may be the only two people who saw the next Karate Kid, the one with Hilary Swank, in the theaters. I saw that. I yeah. didn't see it in the theater, but yeah, I saw it. I mean, uh, yeah. Miyagi's in it, and Pat yeah. is in it, so you get yeah. it. Right. But, okay, one more thing about the Karate Kid that I promise. When yeah. I was eight years old. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I was eight years old when the movie came out, and I, we were living in Dix Hills at the time, and I actually won the um, soundtrack on vinyl at a raffle. So I still have that in my house, and it's such a fantastic you know, soundtrack. Hanging in your bedroom. 
next to yeah. your uh, rally towels. Exactly. <laughs> my uh, Ralph Macchio bobbleheads all, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't win too many things. So that was pretty you know, excited to, to win that uh, soundtrack. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. No more Karate Kid for yeah. now. Can't promise that we won't get back to it many times uh, the rest of the year. Uh, my item I wanted to talk about was the drawing raffle that Sean Connor did this week. Um, if you don't follow Sean, you've probably seen his uh, vignette that MSG Networks did on him a couple of years ago. Um, he is a former cop or current cop, excuse me, I might have got that wrong, um, with an amazing artistic talent where he draws the Islanders and does so, you know, using pencils using colored pencils. And um, he connected with Donald from everyone's favorite um, delicatessen, right? The blue line deli. And um, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm not a part of Islanders country because I haven't no. been there, but you know, I'm not on Long Island that often right now. Uh, so I apologize, but it makes amazing. Um, and uh, Donald's mom is going through some health challenges right now and they wanted to raise some money and, uh, they did a raffle for a, a drawing of J.G. Pajot in, in an afternoon, and they raised uh, $2,000 uh, for, for the drawing. So um, you talked about the Islander fans, you know, being a community-type feel. You probably don't feel that more than you do sometimes when you're on amongst the Twitter folks, that people that wouldn't know each other and wouldn't connect otherwise if it wasn't right. for it. And um, that's just one of the uh, many types of uh, good that comes out of Isle's Twitter um, more times than not. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and uh, we, you know, we wish his mom, you know, the, the best uh, going through her, her deal. But um, yeah, his work is fantastic. He does a really great job with the drawing. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm sure it's a uh, time, you know, very time consuming to do, but I mean, the level of detail right. is exquisite. So, I mean, you could certainly find him. You know, find him on Twitter again. You probably recognize him from the commercials that came out a couple of years ago, and uh, I'm sure he has some. You know, he has ones that he did like back in the day that you know he kind of did his one off. So, like, if you're interested, like, in a Matthew Schneider, uh, you know, portrait, <laughs> I'm sure he part with it for a reasonable price, right. um, or maybe you can put it towards the uh, same funds uh, to help uh, help Donald's mom and wish him the very best. So. Isles Twitter coming together to raise a lot of money. And uh, we've done that before. Sometimes it's for a billboard to fire the GM and sometimes it's the help pay for medical bills. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Covers all spectrums. <laughs> um, so listen, no, this is our second show. And you can see this is a bit of a different type of show, I think, than either one of us have done. There's plenty of podcasts out there to talk all Islanders hockey, but we're hopefully are going to bring some you know, some levity uh, to just being a hockey fan and being a fan of this uh, very unique, um, very unique fan base that we have here uh, with the New York Islanders. But uh, there is hockey to be played and the Islanders will be back on the ice uh, Thursday night at home against the New Jersey Devils. We'll see if there's more cardboard cutouts out there. Let's see if it grows. You saw in baseball, it kind of grew and grew and grew. Like every time the Mets had the homestand or Yankees, right? They get more and more and more fans out there. So we'll see if that number continues to grow. Had a bunch of them on behind both of the Mets. And then the Islanders head to the Rock to face the Devils on Sunday night. So with that, for Noel Fogelman, I'm Joe Bono. 
We will talk to you next time, Islanders country. Good night. 